El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. Hey, welcome to Unpopular Opinion. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to write a weekly column, also called Unpopular Opinion, and I still do sometimes, and I would use that column to put forth all sorts of crazy opinions. Then, I come on this show to defend those opinions. Joining me today, he is a comedian who is running for goddamn president right now. He's also the host of Idiot Test on Netflix, but that's less important than the fact that he's running for president, ladies and gentlemen. So excited to have him here. Ben Glebe, also joining me. They are two different people, but I only have one spot here to introduce both of them. Uh, Danger Van Gorder, you know, he's been on the podcast a bunch of times. Front man of the rock band Countless Thousands and local politician provided you live in Glendale. And also Kevin Anderson, host of Bleak and Review on the Unpops Podcast Network. It's going to be a great show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a very special episode of Unpopular Impo- Opinion. <laughs> no. This is your show. No, I'm going to stick with Unpopular Opinion. That sounds better. It's, yeah. Nah. It's uh, so special an episode, you can't even say it. Yeah, it's, it was, it, I was tongue-tied just at the thought. Because uh, joining us today, someone who's running for president, comedian Ben Glebe. That's correct. Hello. Oh, I wasn't sure who it was. I was like, uh, is it me? <laughs> is it, yeah, <laughs> it's you. Guy. It's you. That's Kevin Anderson and Danger Van Gorders here also. Hey, Hi guys. We're both here, here in tandem. Yep. Speaking at the same time. Yep. It, and it. Ch- uh, hey, wait. Uh, oh, 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 are we doing an improv you know, game? I did trying to. This sucks. And <laughs> yes. Yes. And <laughs> guess Give who me. in the room's not a comic? <laughs> <laughs> Give yeah. me a relationship and a location that's not here. That's <laughs> Thank you so much for doing the podcast. I My really appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Idiot Test, the Thank show you. you used to host. And I actually, when that show, uh, when they put it on Netflix recently, yeah. I was going to reach out to you about doing the show, about doing the podcast. And yeah. I like we already followed each other on Twitter. And I was like, no, nah, he's probably so busy <laughs> with this game show. And now you're running for president. I'm like, pull the trigger now. This is the time to ask. Most Indeed. free time. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the least free time, but it also is the time where you're the most in need of any press you can get. So sure. you totally. yeah. need to get the word out there. You know, you're working so hard and trying to get your message out so so constantly. So it really helps in the opportunity to speak to an audience is really helpful. Um and Idiot Test is on Netflix now. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's a fun the, show. <laughs> just the first half of season one is on there. It's the most embarrassing of all the episodes, except my fat season. But um, <laughs> season three, I gained a lot of weight. <laughs> Took it off for season four. You know what I'm talking about? Went out with a bang. But um, yeah, that was an amazing show. I was the host, uh, co-EP, head writer of the show. And uh, it was incredible to be able to just create new brain puzzles to mess with people's minds. Yeah on a weekly basis and then make fun of them mercilessly when they got things wrong. Yeah, I love that part. It's it's really a show about mocking the contestants yeah. <laughs> for thinking they're too smart. I yeah. like it. Yeah, there was an article recently about my campaign in the Des Moines Register in Iowa, which is like the newspaper of presidential politics. Right. And I had this great interview with the woman and I was just like speaking so freely. I was in the zone and the article came out and it was fair. But she really emphasized some parts that are like less presidential. Maybe it means modern president presidential, mm. thanks to Trump. But like she yeah. was like the foul mouthed comedian who on his game show <laughs> offers people a hundred bucks to say they're an idiot on television. And I'm like, that's fair. Which that. is not what our current president has ever done in the past or he anything. Pay no, he, was, he, was, yeah. he was so great on his show. Like he, he was paid, so kind to everybody. He paid people way more money to <laughs> exactly. look like idiots. Exactly. On television. That was Which we difference. also, for the record, we only pay people a hundred bucks to say they're idiots on the first two episodes. And Netflix airs everything in sequential order of when you recorded it for some reason. Oh. So those episodes literally were buried in our release because there was different format even. They were a little bit different, and they put them as the first two, so it's not. It doesn't make any sense. But I, I protested. <laughs> uh, and now, like I mentioned, you're running for president, and you're serious about this. It's not a. 
It's not a joke thing. It's 100% serious. Yeah, I I believe that we need to stop Trump. You know, I don't know where your guys' politics lies, but I believe that Oh, big is, fan. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I believe this is beyond even a partisan issue. It's just the guy's not loyal to our country. It's, again, coming out constantly. He's asking the Ukraine to investigate. Yeah, that's investigate sketchy. Joe Biden. Interestingly, a, a, a comedian president of Ukraine. Um, <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, Ukraine uh, did just yes, like a like, like comedian with comedian no, no political experience. So I've got a lot of experience over him, at least. And um, <laughs> I'm sure you don't look at your own YouTube comments on your videos on YouTube. Oh, but do. you know oh, how I much do. that's brought up is that Ukrainian president. They're like, well, do we want to be like Ukraine with this guy? Like, I saw that so much when really? I was watching you. Yeah, I was just And like, then I bring it up a lot. I'm like, let's be like Ukraine. <laughs> uh, Ukraine's lovely this time of year. And... Uh, and I just think that we have to stop Trump. And as we saw in 2016, I do not think that traditional politicians are going to be able to do it. I think they're right. like trying to bring policy papers to a wrestling match. And I know my policy, but also I have strategy to beat him, which is the skills of a comedian because he's not a politician. He's the biggest heckler in political history. Mm -hmm. And to beat a heckler, you need a comedian. Yeah. We did an episode a couple weeks ago. Danger was on that also. Danger has run for local office in I'm sorry to hear that. Glenn. <laughs> yeah, no. It uh, went, went pretty great. Did it? Yeah. Did I you win? No. Yeah, come on. He's still here. Yeah. No, we I'm, wear, I'm wearing shorts, my man. I, didn't <laughs> my man. I don't know yeah. if you've seen local politicians, but they wear shorts. Yeah. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did an episode about how to beat Trump, and that's actually something I brought up, is that in debates, like... I know right now we're like, no, we cannot elect another actor or comedian. It's yeah. like we need someone who can handle him in a debate. Yeah. Because policies aside, like he is almost unstoppable yeah. in debates. Exactly. Right. He's, yeah, he's an entertainer. And right. that's all he's ever been. Yeah. It really doesn't matter any. We can't even we don't even have the luxury of thinking about once we're in office. Like, I assure you, I'd be a good president and I know my politics and I have a good head on my shoulders and a good good sense of logic that's what i do on idiot tests i find holes in logic and i know how to listen to people i know how to find the best solutions from everything that i hear and to do things that would just help the most people that we could afford i would be a very good president but we more than even worrying about that we must win otherwise there's no yeah. point there's no point in nominating the person who's going to be the best president who is going to lose it's literally an exercise in futility it's it's a complete mistake and as much as hopefully in the course of this podcast, you'll learn that I do know my politics, <laughs> even if you don't think I do. <laughs> Elect me in the George W. Bush, Dick Cheney model, but for the good guys. Right. I can be the figurehead guy the who's friendly and charming and funny, and then Elizabeth Warren or somebody can be my VP and can be the policy wonk, and we right. implement it together. Or maybe you're her VP. Yeah, but I don't think then I have as much ability to stop Trump. But Yeah, I yeah would, that's true. I would accept the nomination for her VP. <laughs> But um, maybe you can just debate on behalf of be a proxy the debate. <laughs> yeah, or you can write for her, you know, just like, get a staff up for a season. Look, if I if I don't staff up for a season, <laughs> if I don't win the nomination, I would certainly be honored to work for any campaign that does win the nomination because we all have to need up. We need all hands on deck right now to make sure we beat Trump. And yeah, we all have to do what we can. And that's another reason to support my campaign is that. The more our voices amplified, the more that I get on bigger stages alongside other candidates, the more likely I'll be able to help poke holes in him as the campaign goes. I'll be able to show them how to take him on with more humor, and I'll be hired profiles so that they may actually want my services to already, I think, maybe gotten there with Andrew Yang, perhaps. He and I had a great conversation recently, but um, and I would do the same with him. He's He's got some interesting ideas. I would at least want him as an economic advisor. I don't agree with UBI, but... Um, I think he's definitely got some good insights into where the f economy's going in the future. Right. Totally. I really brought that down. Didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. That's the end of the show. This is NPR. Uh, I, I so, have a quick question. If go I, for it. If I may. Uh, I'm uh, not doing questions. Oh, okay. yeah. I have, a, I, have a, I have a rhetorical question, so awesome. you don't have to answer. Awesome. <laughs> what is, you know? <laughs> Strong point. No, I'm curious because, like, Obviously, everybody on the left, wherever degree, like we've all just felt this like overwhelming sense of like powerlessness since Trump's been in office. I was wondering, like, since it's been that long, like, what was was there an inciting moment for you to be like, I need to do something more and run? Like, was it like one specific thing or was it just years of just being like, this sucks and we have to change it? Yeah, it's just years yeah. of Trump. I mean, it's, you know, I've, I've been very politically active. My podcast last week on Earth's been all about politics and I've been over the years a 
CNN and NPR guest correspondent, even Fox News, for which I'm really sorry. No, I and, <laughs> I used to work and, for the Fox Nation Twitter feed, so oh, I know uh, very much. So. I just stormed off one of their live broadcasts with Tommy Lahren. Oh, uh, I think I'm gonna. New York uh, I don't know if debate. I saw the live one. I'm but. gonna be posting it very soon. I've been but. sending everyone the clip of you talking to her about immigration. Oh, thanks. Pretty uh, great. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, just like if I in just a few seconds prove how racist, <laughs> yeah, racist and hypocritical she is. Yeah, almost in the exact same words that yeah. she didn't want like, like yeah. they, they're missing their court dates and then well he missed his court date right. like that whole yeah, it, it takes her about 90 seconds to completely <laughs> fucking lose it yes. and it's great uh, the only thing I regret is I didn't cut to the wide shot when she's like banging her fake nails on the table she's like <laughs> she's going like such a weird woodpeckery instinct that she has. Just anger comes through her fingers, even. But That's right wing ASMR. <laughs> so, like, <just laughs> smashing angry nails. <laughs> Snowflakes! <laughs> Virtual signaling. Yeah, it's very frustrating. So I forgot what we were talking about, but the point the, is. The thing that inspired oh, yeah. you to finally run. Yeah, so, you know, I've been. And, doing all these political things over the years. I created the telethon for America back in November, which was uh, the first telethon ever with the goal of raising $0. And we succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) The the only goal was to help create historic voter turnout in the country and get people to pledge to vote the next day and to bring voting squads out with them to increase turnout. And we helped achieve that. We helped get create historic voter turnout. The next day we had the best since 1914 and record ever among youth. And I partnered with Michelle Obama's When We All Vote and got 95 huge celebrities to participate. I hosted it with Olivia Munn. We did this amazing event that like really showed me how much I could do, how fast I could do it, how much impact we could have. And we helped, you know, just to the fact that even though it's a nonpartisan event, when voter turnout's up, generally Democrats win. And so we took the House back, but we didn't take the Senate back. And I just realized like that the landscape right now is, is so gossipy and so shallow and so stupid and so angry that these traditional politicians are not at all playing the game that these Republican legislators are and candidates are. And we need to play with words that work and play aggressively and bring a gun to a gunfight, not a fruit salad. And so I just finally had enough. And I said, it's not enough even to be an activist or to create change or to I need somebody needs to offer an alternate way to beat Trump, an alternate strategy to beat Trump. And so in the months after the telethon, I just, I didn't, I've been thinking about it since Trump won for two years. Yeah. I was like, if John Stewart ran or Stephen Colbert ran, I would drop out. I wouldn't need to run. Yeah. That'd be great. But they're not. Right. And they're not going to. And we need something different. And then I see a comedian running and who's leading in the polls in Ukraine. And then in Italy, a comedian is one of the most powerful people in their government, Beppe Grillo, that I refer to as Buca de Beppo. <laughs> he's a great family style politician. <laughs> and you, you, to, to go see him, you have to walk through the kitchen. And, <laughs> and uh, I just decided this is a trend globally. People are turning to comedians for truth because politicians are known for lying and comedians are known for keeping it real. And I thought this was a thing that America could use and just to hear a different voice and have another choice in selection. I decided to do it. And the very next day, uh, Zelensky won the election in Ukraine. So that was, a oh, oh yeah. You're like, well, this is a sign. Yeah, I felt <laughs> like it was a sign. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, uh, Jimmy Carr said something on a show where they were talking about this concept of like, should we have a comedian run for president? Uh, This was before I think Colbert had done his thing and all that. And he goes, yeah, I think the kind of candidate we need is uh, in a debate where he goes, yeah, but I fucked your mom. I think that would be (laughs) like, that's the kind of candidate we need. Yeah. And now it's cool to see that that's like kind of happening. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that, but I would like, I would like like almost say that. I wouldn't drop the F-bomb in the debate, but, but I would definitely like not try to make only policy points i would make i would make jokes and slams and things that really get under his skin and look this is not some untested idea that i'm suggesting here it's widely credited for what made trump run for president was the white house correspondence dinner mm, right that got so under his skin all that all those jokes that he decided to get back at obama by running and get back at seth myers by running comedy got us into this mess comedy can get us out yeah. Well, that's in, yeah, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> Glad true. now that you did, and I, accept, <laughs> and I accept your endorsement. <laughs> and you can learn more at Gleeb2020.com, G-L-E-I-B2020.com. Please read my platform. We have 24 issues. It's expanded out. They released 12, 11 more issues last night, 24 issues on the on the website. 
And um, please donate if you can afford it, a dollar, five dollars, fifty dollars, whatever you can afford to keep powering us forward because we're going against political machines with millions of dollars. We're right. a complete outside campaign. We have no Washington ties. And so if you really want to see things change in government, not just stopping Trump, but getting the corruption out of our government's a big, big part of what we believe we have to do, get the big money out of government ban all lobbyist money forever from our politics to do that you need somebody from the outside they won't do it from the inside and that's what we're fighting very hard for i'm most likely flying tonight on a red eye to washington dc for literally i'll be in dc for like 12 hours just to join the anti-corruption march the last oh, mile wow. of their march from atlanta to dc and ending on the capitol steps um and just to protest this and get it out so if you want someone that's going to really actually fight for you and try to give the power back to you then please go to glebe2020.com and donate what you can and spread the word hashtag glebe2020 i hate the plug but you have to do it normally only plug at the end on a podcast, plug at the but, end guys oh, plug but, at the end. But when you're running for president you got to plug a few times don't watch idiot i don't give a shit if you i don't give a shit about idiot test don't watch it just support the campaign it's an incredible show you should watch it but i don't care if you do i don't care if you do i'd really just really really need support because we're going up against some big behemoth beasts yeah i think that's that's been the most impressive part of uh the recent political cycle is the reaction to trump has really deepened people's uh acceptance of other possibilities other ideas like we have a deeper leadership bench and we can cultivate a deeper leadership bench because look i have a preferred candidate already uh, but I mean, I still donate to like four or five people. Now, let's make it six <laughs> at this point <laughs> because we need that. more yes, voices. We, we need more people, more perspectives. We do because indeed. if they're not if they're not tearing each other down, which there are some people in this race that absolutely need to be torn down. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, like you know, we keep seeing uh, uh, like CNN and MSNBC trying to get Sanders and Warren to attack each other, and like, no, we're not going to do that, and that helps. You know, like any time that you can add to the conversation uh, to, to, to promote these uh, these outside voices, you're setting them up for success yeah, either in the immediate future or in the distant future. So, like, whatever happens, man, like, you deserve to be here. You deserve to be Thank sweating. You, and you deserve to, to, to keep pushing. Sounds uh, like you're trying to talk me off a ledge. You deserve <laughs> to be here. As someone... You have worth. There, there is so much more ahead of you. You're going to be fine. <laughs> who is your preferred candidate and who have you Bernie donated Sanders. to? I, like, yeah, like Bernie Sanders. I, I, I've worked hard for Bernie Sanders 2015 to present. Mm. Uh, I've donated to Warren. Not hard enough, I guess. Hey, yeah. Wait a minute. Well, I mean, hey. now that every every single major candidate except for certain certain goofy gaff machines have endorsed Medicare for all, I'd say I was bit. joking. Oh, you were. So you know, I'm sorry. I'm not a comedian. It's hard for me to recognize these. In things. my view, the DNC put their foot on the scale despite shorts over here working his butt off, yeah. trying to get thank, me there. Thank you, Senator. I appreciate. Look, look we appreciate it so much. Try to get a long pant. <laughs> just one, though. I'm just actually, one leg. Just one long <laughs> pant. <laughs> one leg at a time. I do like the, the the more voices, though, being her, because we saw with, like, in 2016, like, the Bernie bros who, when Bernie didn't get the nomination, like, ironically voted for Trump. Like, that was fucking bonkers. It's like going to Johnny Rockets and they're out of strawberry milkshakes so you set fire to the place. Like that's like my favorite thing yeah. is in here so let's burn it all down. Like that was, I mean it's very privileged Why and weird. Why did you choose Johnny Rockets? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think, uh, I, I wanted to go It's like, kind of you know, anti-American if I'm being honest. What, to, to, well, no, it'd be anti-American to Call Johnny Rockets choose. out. Uh, no, yeah. I chose Johnny Rockets because it is the quintessential 50s themed diner of America. It really represents what I think this nation should be 60 <laughs> years ago. What? <laughs> As one of those, let's call it a Bernie bro, I think the, the bigger problem isn't necessarily people who defected because there were fewer defections no, in 2016 than there were in, tw in 2008. But we're trying to reach more people. And I think that's that's a, that's a good spot Absolutely. that uh, a candidate Glebe here is in a really good position to draw more people into the political process because that's the biggest problem we have yeah. in this country is that people don't give a shit. Because we've been conditioned to believe that we can't change anything. Right, right. That voting is symbolic. That uh, uh, that effort and caring and activism is gauche and like and 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 if you do it, then it's like a, you know, sit down. You're being annoying. I know exactly. Right. Yeah, you that know, if we can so get having more people feel like they can 
contribute in a meaningful way is the only way we're going to get out of this shit. Because it's like when uh, uh, when when uh, uh, Britain voted for Brexit, the next day the biggest uh, Google search in England was "What, what is, is Brexit?" Brexit? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, oh, well, I don't give a shit. They're regretting so, that vote for sure. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um. You're totally right, and that's another thing that my campaign unveiled recently is – I don't know if you're familiar at all with liquid democracy. I actually did. I looked into that yeah. when Adam told me I was going to be on this. I looked, oh, it up, cool. I looked it up to see the whole – I thought it was very interesting. But Yeah, I wanted, to, yeah. I wanted to get into sure. some of the, the policy stuff you have sure. on the website. So talk about that first. Sure. So um, I'm the first candidate ever to endorse a liquid democracy platform. We call it Connected Democracy. We just think it's a better name. As Andrew Yang says, freedom dividend tests better than than UBI and, <laughs> right. and connected democracy. Just my gut tells me it's a better name. But <clears throat> basically, we've never really had a direct democracy in our country. We have a representative democracy. We right. hire someone else to decide things for us. But that was in a time when we really needed that, and we didn't have easy flow of information. And we now don't have that issue. And so there's no reason our leaders should not check in with their constituents frequently to see what it is they want a particular piece of legislation. It shouldn't just be the ubiquitous power of those who are elected. And so our campaign is pushing for that if I am elected, we'll push for every single person running for Congress, uh, either re-election or, or running, to pledge to take votes on major legislation from their constituents on this liquid.us platform. And I put my mouth where my executive orders are that as president, I would propose executive orders. I will tell you why I think it's a good idea. And then... I'll tell you what I think really doesn't matter in the end. What you think matters. It's your country. I'm a servant of the people. Even your president should be that. And so I will take a vote. I'll open it up to a vote on liquid.us platform. And if 51% of the population that votes is in favor of that legislation, only then will I sign that executive order for anything that's not national security or emergency spending. Right. And so you can actually test it out right now on my website on glebe2020.com you can vote just click on connected democracy and vote whether you think this is a good idea or not and it already is set up completely it's I'm working very closely with the liquid.us guys to make sure that it is secure to make sure that it is impenetrable and they will check it against your voter roll it's email verified and i don't even get those emails just so you know by the way if you sign up to join and volunteer i do of course get those but these are right. this is just completely about the vote and It'll even check in for voter rolls if you're a registered voter, and if so, it will mark that you're a registered voter next to your vote. You can make it anonymous or public with your name, um, and you can see right now how it feels to actually have a voice directly in, into somebody running for president, let alone imagine if it was actually your president caring what you wanted. And beyond that, not only does it give power directly to people's hands, does they get to influence policies, but... It's also a really nice way to circumvent a do-nothing Congress. Yeah. If there are things that they're just not doing, right. we can say, well, this is not me out of control as president. This is me taking a survey of the American people, taking a vote, and then acting in their behalf. Yeah, it does. It, does, it seems like a almost a no-brainer. We have the technology for stuff like that well, and me, for people me, to be a little more involved. We jump in a little bit there because uh, I like where you're going in terms of you're trying to create basically a system of accountability. You're saying that like, well, I'm going to put this out there. If people react well to it, then that's what we should do because as a servant of the people, I need to be accountable to the people and this is one of the mechanisms. Um, my immediate reaction to an online poll, basically what's what it comes down to is that you're going to get a, a, a pretty specific or maybe even limited slice of the of the people that can participate in something like that. And that's why we get like uh, what is it? White guys with the guitars being the only American Idol winners because there's a certain kind of people that do participate in that kind of process. That's because it's an inherently better kind of music. I disagree with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I look, I think that is an interesting point, but we've already, we've already accounted for that in several ways. One is that we will make, so if, if the question is internet access or smartphone access, it's pretty ubiquitous these days, but you can also, we're also going to make it available at public libraries, post offices. You can go in and vote on the liquid.us platform right there and it actually you would think it would tend towards young people but it doesn't because old people are very very interested in, and very engaged in, in in their in their politics and they want a voice and so they actually turn out for things like this is already in place um certain legislatures around the country certain city council members have been using this to get votes on and decide what they're going to vote for certain legislation it's just a great way to so then the last po 
point is that it's a great way to get people's temperature is at the very least I'm asking more than if it was just me deciding on my own. Mm. Right. So at the very least I'm taking much more input than just being like, I think it's great. Yeah. Instead I'm, I'm serving whoever chooses to sign up and we advertise it and put the word out that if you want a voice in this, just take two minutes, sign up on this platform and you can vote. I mean, if you choose to not vote, if you don't happen to be a non-white, non-guitar player, (laughs) you you don't want to vote, that's on you, but we're going to try to reach everybody. The appeal of something like that to me, I mean, there there are a few, but I, I feel like especially with Midwest states, we kind of base our opinion of people in the Midwest in general on what their elected officials do. Mm. And that's not really accurate. Like Steve people are, King. Well, yeah, Holding Steve King. Board. Or an example that I think uh, a system like you're talking about would uh, have benefited from. In 2006, South Dakota tried to ban abortion almost altogether. And they just did it as a, a thing that they kind of ran through uh, state government. And the people of South Dakota were like, no, we should probably vote on that. Mm-hmm. And they managed to get it on the ballot and right. overturned it. Right. So you would like, had that not happened, our opinion of South Dakota would be, oh, well, they're all a bunch they of all hate women. anti-abortion yeah. misogynists. When the truth is literally everywhere in the country is not like that. Like there right. are people on both sides in every part of the country. And the way, especially things like gerrymandering, which I know you've, you mentioned on your uh, campaign website, like that has kind of wrongly changed our perception of a lot of states to the point where people are like, well, I don't need to vote. It's a red yeah. state. And it's not, my vote right. is never North Carolina make- is no longer a democracy basically because they've carved it up and, and removed so many ways that the people are supposed to get involved. Right. Yeah, Republicans have destroyed the 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 purpose of voting in North Carolina. Right, and at least you still have with states the ability to get things on the ballot, whereas in the federal government, right. you can never get any initiative on the ballot. It's just the people you elect, and they decide everything. Right. I mean, so on, that should be changed. On that note, as someone that has tried to get things on a ballot at a local level, like it is so I'm telling you, long pants, dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just well, again, we're going to start with a one. Also, your name is Danger. I mean, yeah, not problem, officially. <laughs> Although again, I want to get to a point I where had I'm lunch strong with Eric Garcetti, and he wore a tie dye uh, T-shirt and shorts. Uh, so just so you know, I already you, you didn't like Eric mayor, Garcetti. Uh, uh, mayor danger. I am going. Uh, mayor danger. I am going into uh, the grad school for what he went into. For that, you know, hope, hope okay. What were you term. saying? Anyways, uh, I've tried to to help out with voter led initiatives uh, before. I've I've launched a voter led initiative before. Um, and you know what Adam's talking about? Yeah, in 2006, like good, like the voters absolutely should have overruled that kind of thing. But in the past, like 13 years, I'm sure it's gotten even harder in order to get these voter-led initiatives thing, things put through because of things like Citizens United, right. where now you can just write a blank check and influence politics as much as you like. And trying to get. Uh, like my big thing uh, that I that I've been working on for the past three four years is rent control for my city. We don't have rent control in Glendale, and at any point my landlord could say, "Hey, your home is now three thousand dollars. Pay up." And right. I would have you know we'd have to leave the, the entire area right. because it, housing prices are so out of control. Um, but we tried to get uh, uh, rent control on the ballot, and in order to do that, we needed to basically have or spend $60,000 worth of resources in order to, like if we paid people to go out and collect signatures to do it, it would have cost us 60 grand. Whereas somebody who, like if we managed to get that through, the homeowners association would be able to cut that check without batting an eye. They actually spent like 15, $20,000 just in negative ads in my community uh, just to mailers of like, hey, don't sign this thing that people are passing around. When runs when rents jump, it's exciting. <laughs> don't you want excitement in your life? Live on the Why edge. are you so opposed to change? <laughs> Being kicked out of your town's like you're in the Wild West. <laughs> don't you want to go into a new town and yeah. tell them you're the sheriff? <laughs> <laughs> you got too comfortable. Deadwood movie coming out this summer. <laughs> oh, I still haven't seen that. I gotta yeah. say it. Anyways. So yeah, like it's, uh, we're in a situation yeah where our leadership bench is deepening but at the same time like our foothold on our own democracies are eroding like how as an executive and or how as a, a as a candidate um 
how can we turn that back? Like, what practical measures can we take to get people invested so much so? Because, like, the system is perpetuating itself against us. That's exactly you right. Know? So that's why I think the most important thing is an anti-corruption act and a sweeping one. A lot of the Democratic candidates are, are for anti-corruption bill, but it's a weak anti-corruption bill. They're getting rid of some of the influence of money. Well, why on earth? How do you justify a half measure like that? Get gets some of the money out. We need to get all of it out. So I'm very aligned with the message of represent.us, even though that's who's organizing this march in D.C., but they're trying to do it from a state and local level and work their way up to the national government. I believe we can, by electing people to the national scene who just absolutely pledge to do that, to get all of that money out, to get all the influence out, then you can actually make that sweeping change. So it's it's one law that bans, yes, of course, you have to overturn Citizens United. You need a constitutional amendment for that, so you fight for that. But... Already, the Democratic candidates don't take super PAC money anyway, and so what you do is you ban all lobbyist money for, forever from all political campaigns, so at least they can't also fund the campaigns directly and can't bundle for them. You ban secret money, dark money, so that they have to immediately post every single con- contribution, every single PAC, every single dollar has to be immediately posted publicly. You end partisan and racial gerrymandering forever. You in- implement ranked choice voting so that we don't feel like our voice doesn't matter. He's snapping if you can't hear that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that was me. I- um, ranked choice voting is very important because mm-hmm. right now we don't want to throw our vote away. And so we people will say, oh, it's a spoiler. If you vote for who you want, you vote for Ben Glebe, you're going to be wasting your vote. Well, ranked choice voting, you can vote for me if I'm your favorite candidate. And if I don't get the majority of the vote, they just remove me from the ballot for the second count. Yeah. And then you get to have your second vote, which is Bernie Sanders or whoever it is. Yeah. Some people call it instant runoff, and it's yeah. the best right. idea yeah. in democracy for a long time. No reason not to do that. Incredible reasons to do so. And there'd be no more spoiler effect. That candidate would not be a spoiler, and you're not going to be afraid to speak your mind when you vote. So that's something that's very, very important to do. Um, we have to do all this to ban any fundraising during work hours for Congress people so that they're not spending all day instead of working for you, working for themselves. That's ridiculous. Close the revolving doors so that they cannot go and get a job working for a lobbyist firm that lobbied them for legislation that they were in charge of. That's insane. Let's yeah. have real public servants. Like the, the only one thing that I, that I say in my campaign that is not obviously something that would actually pass because people don't vote this much directly against their self-interest. But if you really want to change, you would flip the salaries of Congress and teachers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pay teachers more and you pay Congress less and you get true public servants in there. But but shy of that, all the other things are very possible and very plausible to do. We just need to put our foot down and do it. And a big part of how you do it is by voting for people completely from the outside. As well intentioned as Bernie Sanders is, as well intentioned as all these people are, he's been in Congress forever, for decades. Where's that change? If he's such a great leader that can create such change, where has it come? What is the sweeping piece of Bernie Sanders legislation that he's done in his 30 or 40 years in Congress? And why did all of it turn off even in the in the four years since he ran last time? Yeah. Why didn't he make sure he passed one of his major things during those years to prove I actually just did the thing I was yelling about all campaign? (laughs) He's been in power. These people are in power. And it's because I think that they intellectually understand these problems and they believe in their heart they want to fix them. But because they haven't been regular people in so long, they just don't feel the urgency. They don't yeah. really realize they need to ch- fix health care right now because it's life and death on the line. They don't have the experience like I did recently when I was on the campaign trail in Iowa and my girlfriend had a very painful UTI and we had to go to the emergency room out of state. And then we were literally in the parking lot for 30 minutes trying to figure out by calling the insurance companies, looking at our bank accounts, figuring can we even afford to go in yeah, because it's right. out of network and this might cost her $8,000 for something that just needs a few pills to fix. We ended up going in and and risking it, and then they were going to give us Advil, and we're like, oh, that's going to be $800. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll just go drive 40 minutes to the only open in Iowa at this hour pharmacy and go get that. Like, I know people who have Ubered to the emergency room instead of taking an ambulance when they really right. needed it because of that exact thing you're talking yeah, about. And then, and then yeah. the ambulance can be $10,000 bill or yeah, something like the, that. The, the cleanup fee of that Uber. Oh, I know, two hundred extra dollars. I mean, two hundred dollars versus you know, and plus you know, sixteen seventy five or whatever to get there. It's better than two, ten thousand dollars, right? For a glorified Uber ride that'll take longer to get there. What we just need regular people in office for once, and people that actually know the struggles of real people. Aside from being the comedian, truth teller in the race, I'm also the only working person in the race and the only union member in the race. When I spoke alongside Bernie and Biden and Warren and every major candidate at the AFL CIO convention recently in Iowa. Um, I got one of only four standing ovations. 
they were Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden, Cory Booker, and me. Bernie didn't get one. I watched his speech. It's because some of these things just aren't sounding rote. It's not anymore. You don't feel the true passion of somebody who is you. I'm going to make change because you know I am because I am one of you. I am in. He, he, he just snapped again. <laughs> I cracked my knuckles. Oh, you cracked your knuckles. Damn it. Very similar. Yeah. Um, he's ready to fight me now. It's the opposite. <laughs> It's like, you dare talk about my Bernie Sanders? I don't even know how many bumper stickers I got, bro. I have stickers for all of you guys in my pocket. Ooh. Now you're on board? Bernie, Bernie, yeah, a didn't, more, yeah. Bernie didn't get a standing ovation because he was doing new shit, though, right? Like, he was doing his new material. He was working out a new hour. It's yeah. like, eh, it's still just looking at his just, phone the whole time. Yeah. What else? What else? <laughs> Not to mention he was a huge dick in me backstage, but whatever. Oh, oh was he? he I was. Love can you tell us about it's that? It's on my YouTube page. You can see it. I just walked up to him, and I was trying to say how he inspired me in 2016 and how I liked him a lot, and he just walked through me like I didn't exist. He Damn. was just like, <laughs> and then just walked right by. I mean, I don't hold it too much against him because the guy's a bit busy trying to save the world and as i said in that speech you can see on my youtube page the whole speech um we don't have time to be polite so i'm fine with it but i just felt a little bit interesting a fellow candidate approaches you and supposed to be the man of the people and he was not particularly nice but whatever it's cool ah bernie yeah there, i think there is something to be said for like these uh, all of these candidates running right now are still career politicians yeah all of them and- tim ryan who's still in the race, <laughs> literally sends emails. I'm on some of these people's email list to see how they send their emails. And he literally is like, I am the only regular man in the race, and I'm going to fight for you. And I looked at, he's been in Congress since 2003. <laughs> yeah. 16 years in Washington, and you're a regular dude? Right. It's absurd. I'm just like you. Which I guess just comparatively, maybe that, like, he's like, I've only been, the other guys have been here over 20. I've only been here 16, so I'm a regular guy. Like, that's his barometer, you know? I think he's a regular guy because you forget he exists. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, no one pays attention it. to him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you were just talking a bunch about healthcare. What is your, what's your ideas on healthcare? Sure. So I heard you say that you think most of the candidates are, are for a a full Medicare for all plan. I am not. And it's not that I don't want to insure everybody. Of course we must. It's a right to have health care, and we must do it in this country. I just do not think that the federal government is competent enough to take over the health care of 300 million people in any sort of organized orderly fashion. They couldn't even get the health care website up in many, yeah. many months. And so I just think it's an unreasonable proposal to say we're going to ban all of the public insurance, all the private insurance companies. We're going to not allow private medical insurance of any degree, private hospitals. If you need better coverage in America, you will not be able to go and get it or find it. That's un-American to me. We must insure the millions who don't have it by expanding Medicare and offering Medicare to everybody who wants it, everybody who needs it. Absolutely, you can get it. But you should also have the option of keeping your health care if you like it and keeping your doctors if you like it. And we don't have the money for a full Medicare for all plan. It's an enormous bureaucratic problem to implement. And on top of that, there's the issue that often Medicare, just by the nature of government not having enough money, often reimburses at much lower rates than private insurance. So already in rural areas, you have a problem of access and a problem of enough customers where these doctor's offices are struggling, hospitals are struggling. And if you now are paying them less for the few customers they have, a lot of them are going to have to close. And so yeah. people in rural areas are going to have coverage, but no access. They're not going to be able to get to a doctor. It might be 500 miles to get to a doctor. And that's not how America should be. There will be lines under Medicare for all. There will be problems where you can't get the best doctor. I think in America, you should be covered. You should have good insurance provided by the government. But if you need better, if you want more, you should be able to get that. Just a small example from my own life. I found a tumor in my head, in my in my parotid gland, in my saliva gland two years ago. And I had to get surgery. And I'm with Kaiser. And I luckily also am in SAG. So I also was able to get SAG insurance. Very luckily that I was able to get two insurances. But with Kaiser, I went and this parotid gland, your facial nerve, runs through that gland. And I'm a television performer and a public personality. And I could not risk facial paralysis, let alone a big scar across my whole face. Right. And they did not offer a solution that would work for me. They literally just said, we can get rid of that tumor, <laughs> but you might have some degree of facial paralysis, maybe. You may not. You're going to have a scar that comes all the way across your, your chin and, and your face. And I couldn't risk it. 
And under a Medicare for All plan, you just wouldn't have an option. You wouldn't be able to say, I am going to find resources and find a way to pay a little bit more, to borrow money, to get it done, and get the best surgeon I can find to give me a microparotidectomy surgery where instead of ripping my whole face open, they just make a tiny incision under my ear, go in, get it out that way by stretching the skin open and then removing it and sewing yourself back up. And that's what I was able to do. Are you guys suggesting in America we should not be able to do that? Well, I think that I'm suggesting in America under a Medicare for All plan, you'd be able to call around until you'd found a doctor that had a treatment option that you prefer. But they're not all going to be covered. They're not all going to be available. There's going to be enormous wait lists. If everybody in the country is trying to and has the same access to get any surgeon and any expert in the world, isn't everybody facing a certain surgery going to be on the wait list for that best surgeon? Well, how many people are going to need that micro terrifying thing that you just described? <laughs> Probably more than one. Thousands? <laughs> thousands, though? You know what I mean? Thousands. And how many surgeries can a surgeon do? It's... In America, you should be able to have choice. It's un-American to me to not have choice. You should be covered. You should be good. You shouldn't ever be at fear of dying or going bankrupt because of your health care needs. But you shouldn't be able to not have a better option and be stuck with, well, I got this thing. I'm on government Medicare, and I, it, it's a two-and-a-half-year wait list, and I might die of a fatal cancer if I wait. So I'm going to have them slice the whole side of my face open. Yeah, it's And a, get into podcasting. It's, <laughs> right. it's, it's exactly like right. like food is a pretty basic human right also. And if you're at a certain poverty level, the government will provide you with food. But it's right. a select set of food items. But if you can afford to eat other food, then you eat other food. Right. It's exactly to me that that's a good analogy. It's it's exactly to me like why I'm against universal basic income. And I said this to Andrew Yang, why I think we need to instead fight for human jobs and keeping jobs instead of allowing um, automation to come take over whole industries. And it's why I don't agree at all with giving a thousand dollars to every American, including rich people who don't need it. And instead, I believe in giving a cost of living tax refund to low and middle income workers who are working full time jobs to make their lives easier. Because a, if you give a thousand dollars to everybody, it really just acts like inflation, like yeah. you just yeah. printed money basically. And b, the money just isn't needed by more than half of those people, and you're just wasting money three to four trillion dollars a year by giving the same thing to everybody when it's not necessary. I want to give government insurance to those who need it or want it. I also want to end employer-based health care because your health care should not be tied to where you work. Yeah. There's Imp so many people yeah. that want to change their right. jobs and start businesses yeah. and they're stuck for 20, 30 My years. My family is going through that exact thing right now. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, employer-based health care is a huge problem. And we're the only country that yeah. really fucks with employer-based right. health care. It's bonkers. The point where we started doing that is kind of the point where our health care system started going off the rails. Right. So, yeah, I could see – yeah. Employer base, definitely. Like, because in that case, the only people who are going to be paying for health insurance at that point are rich people. Mm -hmm. And like, let them spend their money on fancy health care if they want. Like, right. I don't, I don't care. Well, I mean, like in Britain, you get the NHS, uh, which you know covers everything that you need to we, to, to we function. We really romanticize the NHS, and like, then you can buy into extra extra levels if you like need well, that, but that's, <laughs> that's Which, essentially hey, the same the same thing he's suggesting right though. bernie doesn't allow that bernie bernie outlaws a private healthcare market you cannot buy a better plan you, okay well what about for um uh, uh elective surgeries the only thing that is allowed is elective surgeries. Yeah, that, that, that's what i was trying to get to but that's like plastic surgery yeah, or sure. botox and shit that's not like needed things but there's times when you need to scramble and you know I, I was able to scramble and do it and like make a deal with the surgeons and find these private surgeons i'll but, write you 12 jokes yeah no i offered <laughs> to like post for them on social media <laughs> and they would reduce the price and let them use my case on their youtube channel and i just did whatever i could to make shit make it that i still had to go out of pocket even with two insurance i had to go out of pocket yeah. eight or nine thousand oh, dollars jesus even after i negotiated down it would have been a hundred thousand dollars did they let you keep the lump <laughs> no, but I got a photo of it. It, <laughs> right. it was heart-shaped. I had a heart-shaped tumor. <gasps> uh, Cute. Too much love. I know. That's what it is. First that is adorable. At First thing at damn seams. And you mentioned abortion earlier. I'll just say my campaign is also for not only reversing the Hyde Amendment, but a constitutional amendment for a woman's right to choose. And we already have almost 5,000 signatures on that petition. You can sign it on the issues page at Gleep2020.com. Nice. 
24 issues. I was personally rewriting all the issues all day yesterday, and we now came out with another 11 issues. So, I think one of my favorites that I, when I was uh, looking at them, I actually had two favorites, but the first one that really caught my eye was the, uh, the, the your stance on like uh, college, uh, accessibility of higher education, but mm. online. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really interesting concept because as somebody who spent four and a half years on a useless film degree and <laughs> like a lot of money out of pocket, you know, uh, that's- I thought uh, for sure you were making movies now. Oh, well, I, I mean, my, my, my Twitter is pretty good. <laughs> is that what you mean? <laughs> is that what you Sorry, mean? go on. <laughs> Sometimes I do like 30 second films of my day. Uh, no, it's but like I just thought that was a really interesting concept because I I mean online college is definitely like a like a bigger thing than it was when I was in school but uh, I thought that was a really interesting concept that uh, it's provided uh, by the the government but it's uh, it's accessible but it's all online because that keeps costs way down. That's exactly imagine. right. It's like and why has no one thought of this and why are none of the candidates talking about it? It's like the left. I mean the right only says pay your own way. We don't help you. And then the and then the left only says we will pay for every bit of any college you want to go to where any state college public university we're going to pay your tuition your room your board how do we have that money we're trillions and trillions of dollars in 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 debt we can't afford it so an online university if you want a free college great you get an online university it's an awesome accredited four-year school that costs us a fraction a tiny fraction of what it would cost to pay for everybody individually to attend a, a physical campus and you can still have satellite satellite meetups and discussion groups and intramural sports and fraternities and organizations and everything you want because you don't pay for that with the school you individually pay for that and and the idea that like i think sometimes people think that online college is like less than like that's like in the zeitgeist like oh that's you know that's not a real college like how many times did you actually go to class when you were in like i got through college by being hungover and sleeping through most of my classes i did it online anyway like in a way the federal government does not need to pay for you to get drunk and miss classes (laughs) no disrespect no no, film degree no you're not wrong we don't need to pay for that because a lot of people don't need college you can go to trade schools how come we're not paying for that how come we're not paying for vocational schools and so if you want a four-year degree great we're not going to give you the option of anyone you get to do a version of it totally cover that these are the the out-of-the-box solutions that you get from a comedic mind. Mm. <laughs> a comedic mind. I mean, they're not funny ideas. If you, know, if you need anybody to produce any uh, uh, any film about this, <laughs> I have this degree I haven't used. So, so. Awesome. Did you meet somebody in school you would recommend me to? Or uh, I know I know a couple other uh, I know a couple other drunk white guys Great. that are also unemployed. Do they play guitar? Uh, not on TV, unfortunately. I'm not going to vote. For them. <laughs> I play guitar. You do? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Vote for me. And he's drunk okay. right now. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, what's your stance on guns? My stance on guns is that... Holy shit, he's got one! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I always phrase it this way. I defend the Second Amendment. I believe in the Second Amendment. We should have a right to bear arms in this country. And that's the biggest concern of gun people is that you're going to take their guns away. And that's what stands in the way of them ever allowing real legislation to pass. And so you have to say that you, I believe, that you believe in the right to bear arms. And if you're a safe, responsible gun owner, that you should be allowed to have a gun. I just think also, while guns are cool, kids are cooler. And so we should make sure that our society hasn't fallen to a place where children have to buy bulletproof backpacks to go to school. And they're designing schools now with curved hallways so you can hide from a shooter. That shit, I heard that recently as well, and I was blown away. It's like that's part of the architecture now. It's is un- there's hidey holes and shit like it's everywhere. Unbelievable. It's ridiculous. Not only what does it even do? So you get you get hid for a few seconds. Doesn't make any sense. But um, <laughs> yeah, right. I had a horrible dream last night that I, that an active shooter was was uh, coming at me, and I was hiding places, and I was trying to save my girlfriend. I did save her. But um, <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Killing it in your American dreams. Here on my dreams. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I also rescued a dog, so I'm, I'm oh. an actual life American hero. And um, <laughs> it's a really impressive dream. Thank you, yeah. thank you. So, um, I think that we need common sense gun legislation that actually will pass. We can go further in the future when the nation is ready and wants to do so. But I think now what we have to do is we must have thorough background checks that thoroughly check criminal histories across all organizations, mental health registries to make sure people who are not fit to have a weapon do not get them. There should be training and licensing for guns. Obviously it should be harder than getting a car, not easier. Yeah. The waiting period should be long enough that if you can get toilet paper in two, you have to wait two days for toilet paper on Amazon prime, you should be able to wait longer to get a, a, a firearm that can kill people. And we need to limit the capacity of these magazines 
so that people can't just shoot indiscriminately and often you can incapacitate a shooter when they're reloading. That's important. And red flag laws are very important. I think that would be very effective yeah, in to yeah. reduce it is that when people are actively being erratic, the Aaron Carters of the world, or is it Nick Carter? I don't know which Aaron, one. Aaron, probably yeah, both, yeah, honestly. Excuse me, I can weigh in. That was <laughs> Aaron Carter. Nick Carter got a restraining order great, on him. Great, Yeah. So Aaron Carter did the song, That's How I Shot Shaq, right? <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that, but that sounds yeah. like a terrible song. He does have a song called How I Beat Shaq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, you have to be able to take guns away. Like, you know, I've, I've heard too many sad stories in this campaign trail that I won't bring you down with on a podcast, but um, that we're red flag laws would have saved lives. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's very important. Um, I don't think that we should be selling assault weapons anymore. Yeah. Um, no. But I don't think we should do a buyback and take people's away. It's part of people's collections. A lot of people have hundreds of them. They're not going to give them up and it'll be a, such a polarizing issue that it is going to make nothing happen. So, yeah, that's, that's the thing I think people don't ever take into account when, when the, the topic of just, Oh, well let's just take all the guns back and just, ban guns altogether, this country will literally explode. <laughs> like, it would be fucking hell, especially in the South. Yeah. Like, it would be a civil war. And no one's going to admit how many they have. Right. They're just going to say, oh, here's my none that I have. And yeah. And they have a hundred in an arsenal. <laughs> yeah, and the ankle pistol. Like, right. like, pat them down and everything. So, you know, I... I'm I'm not anti-gun. I like shooting guns sometimes. I'm considering getting one because running for president is scary. Yeah, Jesus. So I'm considering getting one. I've had death threats. Even before I ran, I had death threats just at my shows for Trump jokes. So. Oh, I saw yeah. that video as yeah. well, the, the, the video of the guy. Who, very I did uh, Yeah, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm unemployed right now, so I had a lot of time for YouTube. But yeah, the guy who came up to you after the show said, hey, man, someone put a bullet in the back of your head if you talk like that around here. Yeah. Like, Yeah, and then th- that's why it's, it blows my mind that like, because I'm kind of in the same boat as you because I've shot guns before. My brother actually lives in North Carolina and I've shot guns with him out there and stuff and it is fun. I understand that's a recreational thing. The fact that there's so much pushback against basic regulation that like, everybody that, agrees about. Yeah. 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 Like, it's, like, it's Majority I mean, of Americans want this. It's crazy. Fascinating. 90%. Like, uh, like no... I, no one should ever look into the background of someone buying a gun. Like, that's like some it's people believe that bananas. shit. Like, it's so evil. And that's why the, the NRA really kind of is a terrorist organization because yeah. it, it doesn't affect gun sales to say tighter background checks. Who are you going to lose? The few criminals that are trying to yeah. buy guns? Yeah. They're in favor of that? Like, what is wrong with these people? It's, it's like anytime you can introduce criminal. some incremental thing, that's good for the gun lobby because the gun lobby then gets to sell whatever teeny tiny piece as an accessory, right. which boosts their sales. Right. And... And like I said to Tommy Laren on on the Fox Nation thing, you suck, please die. (laughs) (laughs) The the the, uh, thing that I stormed out of the other night, she literally says, "said you know." I said we need training, and she goes, "But the Second Amendment doesn't say that we have to be trained." (laughs) Regulated. (laughs) And I said to her, and also Tommy, the Second Amendment is one sentence. Yeah, Yeah. you think we should have only one sentence of gun regulation? Should we remove all laws on the books? We can evolve. That was one sentence hundreds of years ago. She's like, I really prefer an abbreviation, but one sentence will do. (laughs) And then she's like, but so are you saying with? licensing that I can't just give my gun to my friend. I'm like, yeah, I'm saying you can't give your deadly weapon to your friend who doesn't know how to use it. That's obvious fucking common sense. Right. I just had to storm out of there at some point because I wasn't even having a good faith debate anymore. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the thing. Like, she's not there in good faith. The Ben Shapiros of the world are not having these conversations in good faith. They're entertainers. They're trying to keep their audience. Right. And it's such a tricky thing because you do want to engage. You do want to to punch holes. Because you were talking earlier, we got to punch holes in what Trump's saying. We got to punch holes in what the right's saying. Sure. But we're also going up in in a – we're in a situation in which we do not share the same facts about the world that we inhabit. Like the right still believes that Antifa are terrorists. You know, and that these concrete milkshakes, oh, that's a real thing. Yeah. Fighting racism and white supremacy is terrorism now. Yeah. It's insane. They're, they're my, my grandfather, like, my grandfather, uh, it, it, I exist because of a shitty Japanese grenade. Like, the he was in a pit, like, fighting fascists. Uh, splish, splash, grenade landed next to him at one point. He couldn't get out. Fucking thing didn't go off. 
You know, thanks, Japan, for not making super great grenades all the time. But I mean, like, (laughs) that's America has such a deep and abiding tradition of fighting fascism. And now we're just sort of like, just sort of like, well, they have nice hair. So, yeah. (laughs) And it's like, well, it's either that or, but I mean, like, it's such a, it's such a tricky situation right now because we're not going to get anywhere if we demonize these people who still see them as the lesser of two evils yeah you know if we like there's so much to gain that's why i go talk to those people and i don't normally walk off i walked off that day because they were just not acknowledging any fair point and i was acknowledging points on their side and they were just making very stupid shallow immature points we're literally a woman to my right at one point went and let them talking. Literally, like she was a child. Come on. She hits you with, I know you are, but what yeah, am I? I can't wait till I release this video. It's coming the next day or so. Um, it might be lengthy. <laughs> Will people watch a 15 minute video where I destroy all Fox News talking points? I would watch that. All right, I hope so. Yeah, I'm Man, so glad I don't work with Fox Nation anymore. No, I, I, I'd have to sift through yeah. those tweets. It would have been terrible. <laughs> so, you know, but I generally do try to tag their side because not to win over the host, but to win over some of the more moderate people watching doesn't say yeah because that's like another level what they're doing on those shows is they're not even they're performers as well but their whole thing is i'm gonna rile up this guy so he like gets frustrated and then we can use those sound bites to be like look at what you know this liberal Yeah, they all posted a video of me walking out and they go unhinged liberal storms (laughs) off set what a psycho i'm literally thinking about just using his the cut he put up on my own page, they make all my they let all my arguments play out. I call them heartless. I say they're not caring about people. I say lead with your heart, damn it! As I'm storming out of there, and they just have on top of graphic unhinged liberal. How about liberal speaking from the heart, making <laughs> yeah. sense? Yeah, like they didn't even like show me in any. They bad are not light. in that market. Yeah, just <laughs> not. Yeah. Before you introduce the next point, I gotta go. But uh, <laughs> well, we have to we have to wrap it up. Uh, but okay, I can let I'll you if you need to skedaddle quick I gotta, while I we skedaddle. wrap it up. So on that note, what do you uh, got to do? You got to get some signatures for the um, rent control issue. No, I have a wedding. <laughs> you have a wedding right yeah, now. Are you gonna I, wear pants I, for the wedding? I, I'm not gonna wear pants <laughs> for the wedding. I asked the bride. Also, I'm wear, I'm working this wedding. So that's, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing at? I'm taking pictures. Okay, yeah, you're literally, literally going to wear shorts? I asked, and she said... She, it's she, an alt wedding. Yeah. Well, no. Was there a I, pause when you asked? I Well, I threw text message, and her reply was, how high? And I said, knee? She was like, fine. That's cool. Dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> Dolphin. You ever been to Hooters? I'm looking at your shorts right now, and they are so high up your thighs. I've, look, we've had a conversation. They get bunched up. I'm paying attention. You know, you literally got your pants in a bunch. You literally got your pants in a bunch. Yeah, sure. All this political discourse. Wow. Yeah. You hate pants, huh? Yeah. Generally, uh, generally anti pants. You thought about being a man? what he ran on. It was his platform. <laughs> yeah. No pants. Ran in pants, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get out of here. Dude. <laughs> Patreon.com slash countless no, thousands. come on. We're not Election, even there yet. A post-apocalyptic musical. It's a real thing yeah. that we're working on. Bye. Bye, Danger. Danger's got to go to a wedding. Later, man. <laughs> Pleasure. I don't want to end the podcast without giving you, like, one, like, any closing thoughts or whatever you want to end on. Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on. Of course. Thank you for a, doing it. I really appreciate it. I'll do it again. I love the conversation. So anytime I don't live that far. Cool. Um, I would just say that it's really great that we all, you know, listen to our podcasts and have our beliefs, but then very rarely do we actually act on them. And there's enough of that already. We have major systemic problems. And if we do not start supporting the voices that are saying something different and that are pledging to really tackle these problems at their root, we will never solve our problems and we're running out of time. And so I'm not saying anybody listening tonight should endorse me at this stage. We have a year and a half till the election. I'm saying if they like what I say, feel free to endorse me. I would love it, but at least please help us get a bigger voice. I hope after hearing me, you at least agree that my voice should be part of the conversation. The media has been keeping us out. The mainstream media does not want somebody speaking this level of truth to power at the core of all of the crises we face. All the candidates running are giving you ways to try to solve the crises individually, but they're not going to do it, and they haven't done it in all their time and power because the real problem is the money in politics. That's at the core right. of the of, of the healthcare crisis and the climate crisis and the gun crisis and the stagnant wages. The core of all of it is that we don't get the money out, so these people are beholden not to you. They're beholden to special interests, and I'm fighting that very hard, and I'm giving a different way to beat the orange monster with the skills that only a comedian has. And if you believe in it, Please go to Glebe2020.com. 
donate whatever you can afford. One dollar really helps. Five dollars certainly right. helps five times more. And if you can afford so twenty, far, so far on the going on there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the ratio but, stands. Yes, so about five hundred. <laughs> got more help? I'm not interested in five hundred. Um, one hundred or one thousand only. That's right. Please. That's right. Limit twenty eight hundred dollars per person, fifty eight hundred per couple. Feel free if you want. Feel free if you want. You won't get any influence from me, but I will be appreciative. And um, spread the word. Hashtag Leap Twenty Twenty. And then regardless of my campaign, just hold everybody else to account. Stop accepting incremental change. We don't have time for it. Right. That's that. Well, thank Booyah. you. He just threw the mic down on the ground. After that. Just and, boom. And then watch my hour special on Amazon Prime. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I, I appreciate that you're, you're running and that you're, you're trying to get a, a different voice out there. We don't. Uh, I've met. Don't let your podcasts you listen to lie to you. They can block political ads if they want. We mm-hmm. certainly do because you can't pick what side gets to run ads. Oh, if, if so it's if all your favorite like liberal podcast has conservative ads on it, they could fight it if they want. But uh, so I, I try to be selective about just letting people uh, have a have a a platform uh, on my podcast. And uh, totally, I, I I'm I'm happy to to have you be the the first. Thank like you this, you're much. the you're the first uh, presidential first candidate presidential on candidate on the podcast. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. We we've deflected a few. Trump <laughs> wanted to do it. Yeah, yeah. He was doing all the podcasts. Let me just say, I'm a great guest. On <laughs> I come in there, and you never had anybody use better words. I use the best words. Okay, a lot of people say I use the best words. I'm sorry, Ukraine's calling. Hello? <laughs> Can you please infiltrate the country? <laughs> and please do research on all the candidates. What? This is still recording the podcast? <laughs> He's like, My alternate reality doesn't shift the actual current reality as well? <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I'm on a lot of quaaludes. I had the last ones. <laughs> God. Guys snorting Adderall for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, well, there's sniffing a, all the time. There's Always a sniffing. comedian who worked with him on the Miss Teen USA pageant who... Uh, if you search on YouTube, he does a whole bit about how he was like, I, I had an NDA, but that was before I found out he was going to be president. Yeah. So now fuck that. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, the guy just snorts rails of Adderall all day. <laughs> really? That's, that's wow. such a 17 year old, like knew it. white kid move too for like an adult to do. Yeah, like, do, cocaine. yeah do cocaine like a regular <laughs> scumbag. Yeah. He's got so much energy. He's always talking about himself. It might be cocaine. <laughs> yeah. He's tongues up all, always he's up all night. Cocaine makes you very confident. I'll say right, that. I'll right. say that. His tongues always stick into the roof of his mouth. <laughs> he's, Drink some water, keeps, you fucking keep talking Diet about Coke the, fountain. He's keep talking about that screenplay he's gonna write. <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking psycho. All right, let's get out of here. This was a very good episode. Thank you again. I appreciate it, and I hope you'll come back sometime before you're president. I'm down. Uh, let's get out of here Kevin say goodbye bye Ben say goodbye 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 everybody we love you